Hello, welcome to Pride of Vines YouTube slash podcast, however you're consuming. Um, if you're watching this, please subscribe and all the rest of it, all that lovely stuff. Um, this week, I'm joined by uh, Luke Turner. Luke, welcome back. We had you on Hi, a little Jim. while ago. Nice to, to have you again. How's it all yeah, going nice with you? Yeah, nice to be back. Nice oh, to be sorry, back. You must have... What? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> must have, you must have missed me. I said, how, how's, it, how's it going with you? Yeah, okay. Just kind of... Um stumbling into 2021 and it's all it's all the same as last year but a bit bit grimmer in some ways except except West Ham haven't haven't messed everything up yet uh, yeah we're halfway through the season officially and it's going pretty well isn't it in 2021 at least exactly exactly how how are you doing are you good yeah I I mean similar right so uh, lockdown hasn't been great for for anyone but um I'm just astonished at what's going on over at West Ham, especially given we're so used to um, gloom and doom. I guess, you know, it's in bubbles itself, just like our dreams, they fade and die. And we're used to, uh, we're used to a bit of that. So this is, this is new territory, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, you kind of, I mean, I, I love that song. I, 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 I think maybe we've talked about that before, but like at the, at the same time, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Sometimes. Um and you expect it to go to shit or as to suddenly s- slip up against and i think particularly these recent games like playing playing burnley um and and playing west brom they're the sort of games where you think oh we'd have something we'd have done something stupid and and lost and i don't think we played particularly well in, in either of those but we 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 sort of ground out these results and and the everton game as well which you wouldn't have expected us to, to win necessarily and, and and that's what I'm finding really interesting about this is this we, we instead of the what it's you often be where you you have uh it's just depressing and and we're rubbish but then we get these occasional flashes of brilliance and flukely beat somebody big and it's and now and that's great because there's a massive rush in that isn't there some of those some of those those wins we've had over the years where you unexpectedly beat someone in the middle of a, a bad phase and it and it's glorious that that high you get from it but actually this sort of like gritty slogging hard west ham where obama's head just appears every now every now and again you know and and and, and closes down uh, the the opposition uh, is just it's just quite satisfying the, the gritty nature of it which is just not not what you you associate with west ham really recent times as long as i can remember grittiness well, yeah, yeah it's it's hard to get used to it's, it's hard to get used to what we're doing because you're right what we're used to doing is kind of getting wins here and there against these kind of teams and then you know getting the, the, the big ones uh that we're not expected to and if you if you went across the last i don't know however many seasons like five ten seasons and and looked at the number of points that we took from big teams throughout the the season they were probably the points that kept us up you know yeah um the unexpected ones and then on paper math you know if you were to to come up with an algorithm to determine what west ham's kind of performance should be on paper these are the sort of teams that we should be beating actually we should be beating the likes of burnley and we should be beating the likes of west brom but like you say it's that west ham thing to not it's to, to, to not grind out the gritty wins and to to just kind of collapse under no pressure <laughs> so we, yeah. we thrive under pressure and when there isn't any we're like ah fuck it and, and then and th- i think it's been really noticeable that when the opposition score this season we don't just 
walk dejectedly back to the centre circle with heads down, which is what has always been the, which, which was very much the case under Pellegrini. Um, we were able to sort of mount, you know, keep solid and keep a positive attitude, which I think is such a massive thing. I mean, you, you do get the impression from the way the players are on social media and the way they interact with each other and 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 all the jokes and everything. It's like that the 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 team spirit seems really really strong, and you 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 think you know that that can carry a, a team that maybe not doesn't have the kind of fancy fanciest players a very very long way that's that solidarity and that togetherness yeah I, th- I think that there's definitely that there's definitely camaraderie there and there's definitely a unity but um I think we've actually started to accumulate quite a, a, a significant amount of quality in the squad not not throughout but you know you mentioned of Bonner um, already we've got Rice in the middle we've got um Suchek We've got Soufal, who's been doing really well, Antonio, Bowen. So we've got some really good players in there. Yeah. Um, the one thing that's consistently happened over the last two transfer windows is that the team has been made, I wouldn't say weaker, but it's been made a lot shallower. Uh, we really don't have as many options. Um, so again, going back to the sort of West Ham kind of ex- levels of expectation, I'm fully expecting someone, more than one player to get injured and for the, for the... The wheels to fall off on this whole thing but while it's going on i i yeah I, I it's weird i it doesn't feel like west ham you know i think against west brom when they scored the commentator said i can't remember which one it was but one of them said that uh it had been seven hours and 11 minutes since we'd conceded a goal yeah that was good <laughs> and i was like really <laughs> and and the whole time you know when we're attacking i'm I'm enjoying what I'm seeing and I'm optimistic about what's going to happen. And I just think what this, this doesn't feel like the typical way of, of thinking when you're watching a West Ham game, you're usually yeah. like, Oh, this, this is going to come to nothing. <laughs> but instead but you're like, again, I expect one, to score. My one, my one slight caveat with it all is I, I think I've been a bit frustrated though. We've been grinding out these one nil wins. A lot of them where we actually should have won by more. It's just the final moment people uh, being selfish or messing it up or just making the wrong decision, not passing, going for it themselves. There's, there's some sort of, like Yarmolenko is just, yeah. he, he's so greedy. I kind of, I kind of hope we get shot of him um, in the summer and, and bring someone else to be the backup for Bowen. I, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously we might be trying to play him as a striker if uh, Antonio gets injured and I, Maybe he he'll work in that role because he does it for the Ukraine. But I've just not been. He, he was he contributed to the second goal yesterday, didn't he? But I've just I just not been that impressed with him. He loses the ball quite a lot as well. Yeah, was was it was it yesterday? Oh, see, this the days are blurring into each other. Was it yesterday? Or was it against Burnley when he was on and he could have squared it and yeah, it yeah. would have been a goal, and he instead took a shot direct at the keeper. Yeah, exactly. I think that was the against Burnley, wasn't it? And and I'm finding okay. that. That frustrating, and I think I think like Ben Rama, obviously he's desperate for his first goal. Uh, you can see it in him; he's just desperate, and he he can be a bit selfish. But I understand why he wants to get his first goal, and uh, you know I'm, I've got a bit more lee, leeway to him because I'm I'm really impressed with. You now I think we thought he was going to be like a, a fancy uh, player, but would he do the Moyes thing of, of working hard? But he he does, doesn't he? he Run he puts in. A I wanted to ask you shift. about this actually. Um, do you think that the reason that we've not seen from him what we expected or what perhaps a lot of people expected to see is because he's actually listening 
to his manager and doing what he's being told because it seems to me there's a lot less trickery i mean there's some there's some good you know foot footwork going on there but there seems to be less trickery and more trying to do his direct job does that make sense yeah that's interesting yeah i wonder if it's i was i was wondering about that because i, I was thinking is it partly being in the premier league you can't you know, if, if you try some of that trickery, it just doesn't work with some of these players. And they're just going to be like, no, take the ball off you. Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop. Just around. mug you off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I've seen that happen a couple of times where he's tried to be fancy and he just gets two two defenders just like that and, and take it off him. But I wonder if, yeah, he's, I mean, he, he, he seems sort of young and eager and, and, and like a decent bloke. And I think with, with Moyes in the backroom stuff he's got there, who's I think that as a unit, that lot are just respons- collectively responsible for our transformation. I wonder if you're right. Yeah, they're, they're sort of saying now, let don't worry about the fancy stuff. You need to track back. You need to do your defensive work. Um, I think it's just like him and and Rice, actually, with these kind of speculative boots, like really long shots. With that, you know, at some point, one of them is going to go in. You know, like poor old I mean, Rice. Rice he, the, the chances he had, Jesus, yeah, the marauding he, he, runs he, he goes just, on. Yeah, like that. And um, was it against um, Burnley where he, we had that free kick at a really tight angle, and he just like tried curving it in almost sighted. Yeah. I mean, that if that had gone in, and you should, I mean, he, some of these ch- ch- attempts he's made have, would have been like wonder goals if they'd gone in and you just think they're going to go in at some point i think ben rama is that, gonna... that really tight one where you thought yeah yeah exactly there's, there's the no white yeah yeah crazy um so so my my thing is i think in some ways I, when we're going forward i'm actually thinking oh is he just going to be bodged at the end because we we have we we are good at counter-attacking we've obviously i think we've been less reliant on set pieces actually in the last couple of games from what i recall um because it's been has it been less from corners and things like that i think yeah i think it's been more sort of whipped in balls and stuff and yeah with antonio back it means that we've got that that other outlet of you know just kind of playing it through and let him run onto it yeah i mean yesterday that that bit when he just ran forward just boshing (laughs) through that guy (laughs) it's just i just love watching that it's just exciting as a as a spectacle and entertainment, him charging along, and and you know he's kind of I think he's my favourite player to be honest. I love him and just seeing him just like smacking everyone out of the way, it's just it's just glorious, isn't it? It's just so exciting. I think, I think it, it probably helps that he comes from more of a a humble um, background to a lot of footballers. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot more of that now, isn't it? There's a lot there's a lot more ability for people who work hard to work their way through the leagues into the Premier League and then become successful. Um, yeah, and I think that carries with it something a little bit different, a little bit of I don't know, I don't know if it's they're a bit more humble or they just appreciate it more. But he certainly does seem like a guy who works hard to get what he wants and a really nice fella. Yeah, same with Bowen as well. Actually, if you look at his his route from Hereford to Hull, and you know you hear about in the, in the summer he was um, training by running on his farmers his family's fields. And uh, when how often do you hear like? footballers with proper west country accents you know it's kind of because that that bit of the world is so rugby focused isn't it like round yeah. hereford and all those kind of gloucestershire wurzel places i shouldn't say wurzel place that's very mean is it but like those rural places that, that's that's proper rugby rugby land um by and large so it's interesting that he's come through from there and i and i think you're right it's like I, i'm you know there's been all these players where we've spent a lot of money on them there they just don't really seem to care and 
what we've got with obviously with Antonio, with um, I think Rice and Bowen, and also uh, Suchek and Shufal, um they're all people who, who are thrilled to be at West Ham and they're playing really hard. I love watching Sufal, the way he, when he just charges up the right wing and sometimes his crosses are a bit off or whatever, but he's just a tough player. And I love seeing him, him run forward and his, his attitude is, is, is absolutely the commitment fantastic. there, isn't it? There's just yeah. commitment yeah. to their craft. And I think him and Su, um, Suchek, the, the pair of them have got this thing where they are, they're kind of like football hard men, but without the attitude. They just, you know, go with it. Yeah, and actually Bowen as well, to a degree. They take the knocks, they go with it. You know, if they're bundled over, they don't sort of like strop and throw their arms out. They're straight back up. They want to get on with the game. And I like that. And I think it does come from that thing of, they see this as an opportunity and they're going to yeah. come in and take it. And I think Rice is similar because... I don't know if the contract situation has changed, but I know that when he was given a senior contract, because he was so young, they didn't want him to go through the, the Reese Oxford route of getting loads of money and then not producing. So he was offered, I think, something like 40 grand a week, but then appearance-based money that took it up like a fair bit higher. Um, so he was motivated to play. Now, I don't know if that's still the case. Maybe they've, they've sorted it out. And if they haven't, they need to sort it out soon because he's definitely earned it. But that tells you a lot about someone's character when they say, I'm happy with that deal. Yeah, if, if it's based on how hard I work and how often I play, then I'm going to be motivated. And he has. He played every every minute of last season, didn't he? Yeah, and, and this now, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I think we do need to... And that's what you're saying, you know, the thinness of the squad. We really need backup for him and, him and Suchek because... They're, they're vital to what we do. They and did look we, a bit knackered over Christmas, didn't they? Yeah, and and we've got another big congested run of fixtures coming up, haven't we? And you you just think we we really need to sort out that position. Get and also with the long view of what if either of them because it's not just risk of Rice leaving now for big money. Is the chance that Suchek is 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 going to be on? I mean, he is on the rate. I think some. Um, one of the big German clubs is sort of after him, aren't they? But uh, so, so know, let's, is... let's let's talk about this then, because you and I spoke previously about the fact that West Ham have been kind of flying under the radar. When we played Man United, I think if we'd won that game, I think questions would have started being asked. But that little blip almost helped keep us under the radar yeah. a little bit. And but, losing 3-0 to Chelsea as well. Even though that wasn't yeah. a 3-0, that game, even my Chelsea yeah, squad yeah. mate said that wasn't a 3-0. That helped keep us down under the radar too, definitely. But but we're now going to get to the stage where what, what, what I'm hoping will happen is we get through this transfer window unscathed and then we push on and we finish in such a good position that players want to stay. But I, I definitely imagine in the summer, Suchek, like you say, Rice, um, maybe even uh, Sue Fowl, depending on how he finishes the, the season. We may end up having to get caught, well, not get, we may end up having to fight off bids for these kind of players. That's that's the worry for me now, is that this is going to be another season like with um, with Bilic, when we finished at the Bowlit and seventh, had a really great season, and then it just all went down the toilet because we didn't build on it. Yeah. yeah. And, that, that, and especially that thin squad, if they come in with, say someone comes in with a 90 million bid, for, for Rice um, and we took it what would we do with that money realistically well that's always the worry isn't it does that money disappear because of oh it's been a difficult season because of Covid we need it to cover the like toilet cleaning bills or whatever and, and other euphemistic things um, or you know does it get wasted on players who are 
just aren't as good. Though I am more positive about our transfer record in recent times. Just since Moyes taking over, it's got it's got a lot better. Um, yeah, you say that though, but then from from what I've heard from multiple sources, that we've put in four bids for four strikers, all of which have been turned down, and one of which they've actually told us not to come back. So I'm guessing it was another Sully special offering yeah. like a quarter of what they're worth and pissing off the. I wonder how many clubs there are who won't deal with us now. And that, that's going to be a problem. It must be quite a lot. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you hear that, don't you? Sort of people won't won't deal with us because they think they think Sullivan Sullivan's dodgy and he's always trying to pull a fast one and doing the blooming loan with an option to buy in instalments. Or, or like, what will happen is, yeah, the the other thing is that people will want to deal with us because they'll know that we've got ninety million quid and they'll take us to the cleaners. Yeah, yeah. Was it somebody? I was talking to someone, and they were saying about like when Leicester sold somebody for a huge amount of money. Uh, can't remember who, but they Mahrez? they hmm? was it Morris? Maybe, and they was it they they invested it in their training facilities rather than players, which I thought was that was really interesting. You know, they've got we this, could definitely do with that at West Ham. I yeah, think. <laughs> you know, I think I think people. I keep hearing like. X says on their podcast it's not apparently it's not as bad as everybody makes out. So 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 what I because obviously I was on the the, the cursed OSB that everyone hated um, and hopefully we can get past that in the future. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that that yeah that um, Karen Brady said on that was that oh right, yeah it may not look the prettiest from the outside but in inside it has like all of the 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 stuff that you you know all of the modern gear all of the medical stuff like inside it's kitted out as good as any other Premier League club. Yeah, uh, which does make you think if it's if that's the case, then maybe just tart up the outside a little bit. Yeah, just but, just, just, just do something. <laughs> but I mean, for years, players have been you're... saying though, haven't they? Chubble Heath is is not a good. Sorry to interrupt. They've said it's not a good place to train, and we had all those instances of injuries for years. And you're thinking, do we need to look at a better training ground? I mean, yeah. I think they moved to Rush Green, didn't they? So maybe things are a bit better now. Yeah, I mean, Chadwell Heath's got a tree growing out of that. I remember going past it, you know, because you go past it on the train, don't you? And I remember yeah. looking at it, going, oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's the ground, you know, and trying to trying to see what I could see. And there's a, there's a tree growing out of the roof. And that's not a good sign, is it, for, a, <laughs> you know, that Le- Leicester City, if they've got a tree growing out of the roof of their one, it's because the architect put it there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not because a bird shat on it. Um, but... But so I wonder, you know, if if and when, right? But and you know, I part of me, I do have this tiny, tiny bit of optimism that you know he he definitely loves the club. Um, he he, he I think he respects what it, what the club did for him when he was nowhere, and maybe he'll want to to stay. Maybe maybe he has a very different mentality to a lot of these other other players. You know, Jack Grealish has stayed at Villa, uh, and he's a wanker. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's also a Villa fan, though, isn't he? Yeah, but is Rice going to want to go to Chelsea to be a centre back? This is my thing with it. it. That's what they see him as, isn't it? Not and, and but that's not where the worry is now, though, is it? Because with them doing not particularly well, Lampard will probably be off soon, and there'll be someone but, else who'll come in who might want him where he belongs in the midfield. But Lamp- Lampard's the one who's the fan, isn't he? It's the the board at Chelsea don't rate Rice, is what I keep hearing. Is that they long may it continue then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if he goes, I'd love it if he went to sort of Paris Saint Germain or something that you know, somewhere like that. You know, if he's going to go, I'd like him to go to Europe to one of the really huge clubs. That would be that you know, and we get like you know, because if if he does really well in England for England in the Euros, if they happen, which they probably will, that's going to boost his value. 
I, I mean this with absolutely without with absolutely no offense at all, but the idea of um little nice English boy next door, Declan Rice going to a foreign club. It just made it, it, I just imagined these scenarios in my head of him not being able to speak the language and, and just like you know those videos he does with uh, Mason Mount and they just seem like a couple of nice lads who are on holiday in IB for or something. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you could imagine them just yeah. Uh I could imagine they could make a documentary about him moving to another another country because yeah. it'd just be hilarious. Yeah, but I'd rather I'd, I'd like him to do. I, I don't know. I mean, we have to, we have to just be hopeful, don't we? We keep getting through transfer win windows without him leaving. Um, we just have to keep hope it keeps going as long as possible. And if he does go, the money is invested in, in wisely and not not used to cover COVID losses or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wish I just hope we don't lose him at all because. For how good he is, for the age that he is, for the for the attitude he applies to the game, I just think the the ninety even if you've got ninety or eighty or whatever it is million, you'd recoup that over the years just by not selling him, just having a yeah, player totally. that good in that yeah. position is going to save you more money than you're going to and get that, for him. And I think it, if if he can see progress, depends what he wants, doesn't it? Because obviously we can just pay him silly money, really amount of money we've saved on salaries with letting people go in overpaid pay players that there's, there's plenty of money in the salary kitty i mean i guess if he really wants to win the league and he really wants to win trophies it's, I mean, it's a bit unfortunate we've got such a tough next but one go in the cup haven't we really um because i think we could have a good shot at the cup oh. this year We've got to get past Doncaster first. Let's, well, yeah, let's yeah. Put, let's not let's put that out there. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be very West Ham to, to step yeah, that up would against be, but, I, 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 that, but that's the thing is that I, I feel more confident about that than I would normally. Um, yeah, it's a weird thing, isn't it? This this sense of optimism. Like I was saying earlier, when 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 I see us uh, attacking like the other teams like uh, box or whatever, and we've got you know we're attacking in threes and fours sometimes. You're like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so so tra on on transfers though, it's just sticking with, with transfers for a minute. Um, it was it was revealed recently that the Snodgrass transfer had a an, uh, an agreement in there which may um, fall foul of the rules so um, I was looking into this earlier because I, I was sure it was the same rule as the Tevez one and you read out the rule it's rule number 17 isn't it Premier League rule 17 yeah you read that out as I was looking at the rule that we breached in 2007 which is was rule 18 at the time so the rules must have changed order because they're exactly <laughs> the same wording so it says no club shall enter into a contract which enables any other party to that contract to require the ability materially to influence its policies or the performances of its team in league matches. So under the Tevez thing, this is what people always get wrong. Is it wasn't anything to do with third party ownership. The fact was that Kia Drabjian, Drabjian could sell Tevez without our say-so. And by doing so, he can materially influence our team selection. So actually, if you look at it, the rule we breached is absolute bollocks. Because, yeah, it's okay, so he can sell Tevez, but only during a transfer window. So, mm. but whatever. So that, that's how that, that, that rule was broken. Now, we've just done the same thing to West Brom 
arguably, because we've affected their team selection, albeit for one game. Yeah. Now, the question is, do we get punished <laughs> less harshly because it's only affected one game, more harshly because we've done it in the past? What's going to happen? I mean... I was very worried about it last night. I was like, as soon as that we won the game, I was in a good mood. Then that came up and you're like, our oh, typical West Ham, we've done some Sullivan sat there doing some dodgy deal. You know, would it have been that bad to have Snodgrass play against us? I mean, he knows the tricks of the trade or whatever, but you know, you know whatever. I think we would, would have still been all right. It would be really annoying if we got dot points or, or had to replay it um, because of that. People, what I've seen today, people seem to think it's not uh, that bad issue some other people have done pretty much the same thing and got a fine i can't remember who it was but um somebody got fined for it um i just say why did west why did west brom tweet about it why why, why did sam allardyce say it i mean it, it, because he it? hates david sullivan because he's a dickhead yeah that's true know. but it could end up coming to bite him on the ass because absolutely yeah. if it would it's not gonna it's probably gonna affect us more than them um because they were they the re, they were desperate to we said fine you can we'll happily sell you snowgrass uh but it has to be after this game um well the game yesterday but apparently uh they really wanted him for the wolves game and so they said all right we won't play him against you so it's i think it's more on it's more on them than us um so if there is a punishment i mean if it means us missing out in europe or whatever that that would be a I can't see them deducting points over something so trivial unless they just hate West Ham and they want to punish us. Like you say, they feel we've done it before with Sheffield. I wonder what the Premier League think of Sullivan, given that everyone else thinks he's Sullivan and Bailey. Yeah. Everyone else thinks, yeah, you know. I mean, that's the thing. Like you said, that we could have just said, well, no, we won't sell him to you until after the game then. That would yeah. have been a much safer thing to do. I'm not sure why we would have taken a gamble to do something different. No, I mean, presu presumably we've got lawyers who would have, we must have some, we must have some decent lawyers. Some lawyers who go, this looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe that's another, that maybe that's another thing where we haven't actually, one of the dodgy ways the club is run, we've got some shifty lawyers. I mean, I, I don't know, I went on a mass, my, my friends write a book about Essex and Essex identity and I went on a bit of a, a Wikipedia wormhole about some, some figures in the kind of, East End gangland that he's writing about, um, and that they the sort of the the they can end up connecting back to Sullivan. There's a guy called David Hunt um, who runs a big uh, criminal cartel based in Canning Town, who's a West Ham fan, and he sued the Sunday Times for calling him a gangster. And guess who lent him a million pound to? Uh, pay for his libel trial ah oh, which he lost david sullivan so you're a bit like ah interesting um you know so maybe he has got shifty lawyers who don't actually read these agreements and check things it's it's that sort of and that he likes but, but to they, see his stuff. his personal lawyers and the club's lawyers you'd hope are not the same people. you would hope so wouldn't you but who knows with uh, you, commercial law and you know, sports law i guess and criminal law are Two very different. Yeah. different. It's like it's like saying, you know, oh, I, I don't need to 
and they go and see a neurosurgeon because my mate's a gynecologist. Yes, it's not. It's not the same. <laughs> well, I, I, but I won't put it past him. He's got some mate who's a lawyer who do he has look over everything because it's cheaper. You know, he does <laughs> or something like that. I, but yeah, they must they must have thought looked at it and gone, are we going to get in trouble for this? What's the risk? What's the maximum? penalty we're going to get what of other clubs who've done the same thing because it must happen i mean you can do it with a loan can't you that's fine you're allowed yeah. to you're allowed to do it with a loan but it's usually the terms of a loan isn't it? you can't play against your parent club yeah but why don't know, we do I that why don't we just, just like loan doesn't... loan him short term to them until after the until after yesterday's game could we have done yeah that? why couldn't they do that loan with option to buy he loves that sullivan doesn't he why he could have offered them that <laughs> <laughs> he's so familiar with that you think he would have actually done it but uh yeah yeah okay i mean well look we'll, we'll find out what happens there i mean whatever, whatever happens good good for the snodgrass that he's actually getting full games and you know he's, he's yeah a, he's a lovely I, I, guy. I think I, I really i really love he was well one of my favorite players i love watching him and he just seems like an amazing bloke and you get the impression you might be someone who will end up in management which could be interesting or whatever but again it does show that you know we're not we're we're that level above West Brom, you know. We're we're the ones kind of going. Oh, you can have him. He barely plays for us. He's not quite good enough to get in our team anymore. But you might need him to stay up. That just. Whereas you know, I was I was. It's a transition, start, isn't it? Yeah, I was worried at the start of the season we would be down the sort of around the level of West Brom, and and we're, and we're not. And that's a good sign of progress, really. I think that he's gone there. Yeah, and, and good luck to him. I just hope we can replace because I, I yeah, back to what I was saying earlier. My fear is that there will be a injury or yeah. multiple injuries. Sorry, an injury, not a injury, uh, or multiple injuries, and um, we'll be in a, a a tight spot. But I mean, I suppose the frustrations we had before, like we've had uh, with Alea, was that we actually had someone who could step in, but they were completely ineffective. So I suppose I don't know. Is it better to get rid of players who aren't? contributing and, and struggle than it is to have them there to patch things up I don't know yeah I mean this is where in my optimistic view this is where your academy ought to work it ought to be providing the, the, the players to fill those gaps and fill those roles in case of injury you know like the, I think poor old Mipo Odebeko he's you know, he was probably going to get some minutes last night. He was probably going to play on Saturday, but he's got COVID. You know, this highly rated oh. striker who just keeps. I did, I did getting wonder why he wasn't on the on the bench yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And he keeps. I think he got injured just when he was about to to come through, and then now he's got COVID or he's he's isolating because of COVID. I feel sorry for the for him. He, it must be that must be tough because I'd like to see see him play I mean I bet Sullivan would like to because if he played last night and done well and, and plays on Saturday and, and 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 did well Sullivan would be able to go right I'm not, I don't need to spend any money on a striker <laughs> and, you know even though he really does I mean we have you know what do most teams have three or four strikers we've we've got yeah. uh, uh, I guess you could count him even though he's not played but Antonio is a makeshift striker he, you know he's very good at it but that's but, the thing yeah, you, but, you could you could argue we have none you, you could make the argument we have no strikers yeah, at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so just sticking with the transfer window for a bit, because before we, we started recording, you were saying that um, you found the transfer window really interesting and yeah. kind of kind of mad. It, it's like, yeah, every, every window, it's the... It's, 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 it's the fever of it. It's like, it's like the gold rush fever or something. Everybody's... 
Like here's 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 this potential striker who can possibly save us. And somebody puts a thing up on YouTube, and then there's some analysis by someone, uh, and then and then boom. Oh no, Sullivan's not bid enough money. That's over. Oh, oh, they've just signed for someone else. But you know, I remember last um, winter window, it, everyone was hopping mad again about Fernandez, uh, and we were going to sign Fernandez, and it was he was going to be the the saving grace of the team for the rest of the season. He was going to stop us getting renovated. Then Spurs swooped in, and uh, <clears throat> nicked him, and signed for them. And everyone was like, oh, this club West Ham can't. We just can't do transfers. You know. GSB out, etc. Which I agree with, but you know, there's this sort of level of panic. And then on the last minute, we signed Suchek and Bowen, who have been the two best signings in years and saved our season. It was all just done at the last minute. And I think it's people just get in a panic. You know, I, I don't understand why why people expect the club is going to be broadcasting like, "Hello, everyone, this is who we're looking for." I mean, they, they're very they they are a le- we are a leaky club. But at the same time, I think people need to kind of calm down a little bit about that. Uh, we've we've got window. ingrained disappointment, I think, and, and the expectations have been kind of beaten into us because I'm not going to name any names, but um, I'm dealing with a lot of other supporters groups at the moment as part of, you know, the overall kind of how, how West Ham and, and, and groups like ours communicate. And um, it's it's hard. It's hard to to kind of get things in order it's hard to find consensus and I think a lot of the time the default for people just because of past experience is well there's something going on or um it's 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 not it's about to fall apart because we've not heard anything or whatever so I think as, as West Ham fans and I don't know if it's a, a complete kind of since the dawn of time thing or it's just a since you know the, this ownership kind of stepped in. There is that expectation of disappointment. Um, so I think a lot of people go into the transfer window expecting to be disappointed already. Then they get the rumours about you know, this player and that player. Then we don't sign those players. So then they go back to, well, I should have I should have stuck to being disappointed. And that just kind of like makes it makes it worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of it is a social media thing. There's probably a lot of West Ham fans who aren't on social media, just sort of don't, you know, they're not, they're not, it, it, it's not quite a panic, as panicky a thing, because social media really does churn that over, you know, the kind of expectation and the excitement. You know, and you can't help like that deer who um, we were supposed to be out for, and it seems like a cheap option, but also really good. He already does the cross, cross, crossed hammers when he scores for some reason um you know and, and then that's suddenly gone quiet and now we're all in for um the Moroccan player so you know it's hard not to get caught up in it but at the same time I I, I kind of this is where I had to have a bit of faith in Moyes and what Moyes says about not wanting to just sign someone for the sake of it and have another flop striker to add to the long list that like literally every 40 sport, 49 isn't it yeah <laughs> every football publication is, is 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 publishing at the moment because we're looking for a striker which you know we don't want another addition to that big long list do we yeah it's joining we want somebody works. of uh Mido and uh god tristan and ilan yeah, exactly <laughs> i think some of it perhaps is like it's a it's a god this moment make me sound old but i think it's like a modern thing right it's a sense sensory overload and immediate gratification we're used to you know apps and and things giving us the things we want we, you know we need to know things we want things you know if i want to know 
uh, the answer to a question I can find out straight away and when the internet goes down and you're trying to find something in your phone it's like Argh! you know if I want a pizza I can get one I can order one yeah. and it's that it's that thing of I, I, I you know we're used to instant gratification so when someone dangles the possibility of a transfer you want to, you want it done you want to know you, know, you actually see this in the comments where people you know the club will put out something about oh here's a video of the the players i don't know mucking around in the canteen or or even like training and you'll just get a list of sorry wankers who are just replying announce so and so announce so and so announce like like <laughs> petulant children in the back of a car saying are we there yet and it's like yeah. Look, sorry but you don't get what you want just because you're shouting yeah. right we all we all want good players. We all want good signings. But I kind of wish we'd go back. God, this does make me sound old, doesn't it? I wish we'd go back to a time where you didn't have all of this social media, um, you know, kind of uh, rumor mill, if you like, going about about who we're going to sign and the leaks and all the rest of it. I'd I'd like you know just for the club to go. Oh, we've just signed this player, and we know nothing about it. The club to do its business in private conducts yeah. its, its business behind the scenes in a way that you know it doesn't work not just the fans but the market into a feather as well around you know okay well they really must want this player therefore we're going to put our prices up if it's all done nice and quiet in the background everyone gets what they want at the end of the day and people don't get overstimulated exactly that's what that's what i thought it was like the way we signed that you know it's it's, it's the kind of speculative signing of a centre-back but Alves was just announced yeah you know we've signed out and I think I'd heard we were interested in him and, and stuff like that but it, it was just like here he is um doing his picture uh don't think he got a video but he got a picture I, you know and I, I I I sort of I like I quite I like it more like that like you're saying I do it's so much of it's to do with social media and the internet driving everybody crackers isn't it but yeah, I just heard a ding dong. Sorry, I just kind of if I look startled, then I heard a ding dong. I think it's my front door. Yeah, it is. Sorry, someone else is getting it. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is madness, and I, I, I don't know. I think there's, you know, we've got the rules in place around tapping up and things like that, um, which should be there to stop these kind of rumours going out there, but they they don't do anything. Um, no. I kind of think if they if those rules were enforced properly and clubs were punished for putting these you know leaking these stories um i don't I think things might be a little bit calmer and they might go i think i think it's like because the uh, the the world of agents just seems like wild west it's like they have yeah. loads of power it's it's totally unregulated or what regulation there is is not properly in, enforced and i think we probably get that worse than everyone else because we don't have a proper scouting network we don't have a director of football and sullivan sullivan is known for having his favored agents and all of that sort of stuff so probably we i, I reckon it's that we get it so badly because of this the situation we're in where um agents have so much power um and that's it just seems so odd to me because for me if you wanted to buy um, you know as a consumer you want to go out and buy something I don't know, a dishwasher, right? And your favourite shop was Curry's because it's right. Does Curry's exist anymore? It does, it doesn't it? Does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you went around the corner to Curry's that's your favourite and it was like, I don't know, 300 quid. But you saw it on AO.com for 250. You're not going to tell me that you're going to go and pay 50 quid extra just because you prefer Curry's. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I don't get why this happens in football. Why is it that we prefer to use certain agents like surely the player you want is the player you want yeah i i don't get it and it should be the player that, that the manager wants to fit his system and i think the departure of haller is just 
that's a case in point. You know, the, 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 the level of rowing that was going on on West Ham social media over Hallard, and people defending him, and but it was just obvious he didn't fit the system. Moyes didn't buy him. He didn't want him. He, he he didn't he didn't fit with what Moyes was trying to do. There was it was never good. Why should a manager change his entire team just for one bloke? It, it, that's a, that's that's madness. Think, thinking like that, and you know, I do suspect that Hallard being a bit crap this season was partly because he was already talking to a, his old manager at Ajax. I always want to say Ajax, like the bleak beach, but <laughs> uh, Ajax, and uh, you know, and, and that that you know, they signed in. It was like window opens, ball signed off. You know, that's an efficient bit of business they did there. Um, and thankfully, you know, apart aside from the fact we now don't have a backup striker, we're a better team without him in it. You can just see that from the last two games. But just just even last three games, I can't see him really getting on very well in that muddy pitch in Stockport. You know, he just he'd be even more like a stuck tree than normal. But, you know, and I think that that's, that's why, you, you know, the... The Sullivan, oh, who have you got trusted agent for sale? What we need is Moyes going, right, I've got my system. I need this bloke because he's going to fit the system. Um, and, you know, that's maybe why I'm more optimistic because if we're, if Moyes is in charge, I'm more confident. I mean, I, this is what, one thing where I would give um, Sam Allardyce some credit is that when he managed us, all right, we didn't like the system and we didn't like the, the play, but he always picked the right player the position rather than trying to force things together you know you, you look at some of the squads that he put out and you'd be like that that's not our those aren't the 11 best players that we have but they're the 11 best that are going to play together in the best way you know the the, yeah. su- the, the sum is greater um sorry the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts um and i think Moyes is yeah uh similar you know what, what he's done with masuaku and um in Cresswell, you know, you could argue that we could have a back four if we had a right back with, you know, Masuaku's kind of speed and, and Cresswell's delivery. But yeah. we don't. So we have both those players instead. And it's worked. Obviously, you know, we don't, we don't have Masuaku at the moment. But, um, yeah, so I think he he looks at what, what we need on the pitch rather than, you know, this guy costs us 45 million, so let's, let's put him on. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 there is that element where, where, where I think with Sullivan, he is, he, it's all about the, the, the flashy and the show to some extent. You know, look at the way he dresses, with his, with his, with his, with his, with his expensive, cod dictated military thing. I mean, I've seen his house up the road from Uncle and Auntie. The, the, the whole, the, you see the, you, the, 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 if you, you can see the inside of his house on the sun. Uh, website uh, it, it's like I get he is someone who's seduced by cash and things being flashy and 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 things like that um, he's basically Del Boy yeah, oh, yeah he, totally. he actually made yeah, it totally. yeah yeah he, he, he is he thinks he's a wheeler dealer I mean a, a, a businessman and yeah the lesson is Del Boy never ended up with the coin did he yeah but let's be honest David Sullivan has he's he's you know, I'm not saying that he's a good football club owner, but clearly the decisions no. he's made in business have. Um, how how hard is it to? I, mean, I think we talked about this last time. Yeah, and property. Buildings. That's, <laughs> that's you can't lose. <laughs> um, I, I read something that um, a, a journalist put on Twitter the other day, um, 
actually i think it was i think it was today god see the days do blend into each other where he was saying um that he thinks david moyes doesn't get the recognition that he deserves and he kind of went through the the things that he's achieved and he said all of this whilst making a profit in the transfer window um, oh, now i don't reply, yeah yeah i don't think that that's through david moyes's choice no. <laughs> that we've made a profit in the transfer window i think actually if anything it's more impressive that David Moyes has done as well as he has, despite the fact that his squad has been made weaker and well, not weaker. Let's say shallower and shallower um, yeah. over the last two two transfer windows. Yeah, no, I thought it you were makes spot you think, on doesn't it? Yeah, I thought you were spot on replying to that because it's it's not the manager's job to make a profit in the in the transfer window. That should be a director of football's job with help and from 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 the board if we if you could keep make i mean i think leicester are good at that aren't they and and they they keep making a profit then bringing in new players quite cheaply and building them up and selling i mean you know, that's a great way to run a business i don't think i yeah you're totally right Moy, Moyes has not been properly backed at all uh, imagine if if they hadn't got rid of him and brought pellegrini and if they kept Moyes and given him all the money they gave to pellegrini yeah uh, you, you, I mean, Moyes did sign Jordan Hugill. I mean, he's not totally um, unblemished, did he? <laughs> All Is right, it? everyone's allowed a bad. Everyone's allowed a bad day. <laughs> but I mean, if you look, I was, I was looking at. There's a table now. Somebody put up the um, average points per game of pre- our Premier League manager managers, and Moyes is now top of that um, with 1.368 points per game. Well, remember when he said um, winning is what I do and then and we lost those games him. and everyone laughed at him. Well, who, who's laughing now? Yeah. All of us, hopefully, um, because it's, uh, yeah, it's, been a, it's been a good ride so far. Um, so the other thing that I have written down here before we go, um, and we can, we can make this brief if you like, but you mentioned penalties. Yeah. The, we, we don't get any. We don't get any. <laughs> so obviously this is this is prompted by um was it Suchek yesterday, wasn't it? Who who I think it was quite a clear cut penalty. Um yeah. and it wasn't even looked at. And you know, and you know, we said before that he's a, a bit of a hard man player, a bit you know, rough and tumble. So I think even more so it should have been looked at because he's not the kind of player to go down and just kind of lay there. No. Prostrate on the floor. I mean, and, and that's what I love about our team. Actually, is in in a league full of divers, and and it, it, it's. I mean, look at Villa. That's part of their tactic. They must work on diving. Um, look at Salah. In a league where diving is such a big thing, um, and winning penalties, at, like for Man United, Man U, winning penalties is such a tactic. We we don't do that. I mean, it, I think it, there's two things, isn't it? We just don't seem to get the decisions. And we're not that kind of team, and that's to our credit. But at the same time, it would be quite nice <laughs> to to have a superlative. But with Noble not on the pitch, I was going to say, yeah, no, our, Mark Noble. Who's going to take who, him? Who is our? We've always had like Dix, and then we had Noble, just these kind of solid penalty takers, like cannoning it in. I wonder who we have now. Who's who are who's our reliable penalty taker? Um, Antonio took one, didn't he? That's, so Noble um, stepped back and let, let Antonio take one last season because I think it was something like if he scored that, he got a gold bonus. He got a bonus. special bonus. Um, but, and I seem to remember him blasting it in, but I don't recall if it was 
you know, that was the, was that the last one we had. I, I think I might. Was that the last penalty we had? No, I'm sure Noble's taken one since then. Is he? Have we had one since. It's just. Surely. It just is a bit. I think there was another thing. Somebody had done a table of like if Liverpool hadn't had any penalties, where they'd be in the seat in the table, and we were ahead of them. Mm. Um, yeah. And and you you don't want to be like paranoid or anything or or, or bitter, but there is there must be a unconscious bias in officials towards or big clubs a very conscious bias i'm not or sure very conscious i was that somebody did um you know antonio's celebration when he was doing the back crawl yeah it was, it was a forfeit but somebody had photoshopped his tweet and it was saying that it, it, he was he was doing it in tribute to all the other players in the league who were who were <laughs> when it you know getting penalties through their through their diving and swimming impressions which i thought was something like that which i thought was quite good <laughs> uh, t- talking about the table i'm just looking now so um we are six points i mean obviously we've got more games played one, one more game played um but we're six points off the top of the table and i yeah. don't expect that you know this isn't you know me getting ahead of myself i don't expect that we're going to suddenly storm it and win the league but what a change in in in, in form in in behavior in possibility for, for West yeah. Ham yeah exactly and given given that I think that it felt like the 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 plan this season was not being a relegation battle next season go for mid table bit more consolidated and the season after go for Europe we, we're a bit ahead of schedule I feel like I mean I, we're obviously going to have another wobble, like you say. In, if, in, if we get injuries to key players, we're in. We're you know that is going to really badly affect us. Well, we'd be really lucky if we if we get through the rest of the season without one. Yeah. Oh, totally, absolutely, and and so we aren't. I think we, we're going to be lucky if we keep up this this level. But you know, it's like do you watch? You know the West Ham clips. I, I think they're that. They're, 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 I love them. That guy does the alternative the, commentary thing. The alternative commentary thing. Yeah, and he calls him calls Rice. Was it the Basmati Billy Bonds? Yeah, exactly. It's it's it, uh, it's it's just it's like the one today was particularly good because I love all the little characters that come in, like the astronaut and Tiddles the Tiddles the cat, and then Jesus and and yeah, the names he has. What is? Uh, 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 the the diabetic Neil Warnock was very cool for some other dice. I thought that was very nasty, but it did make you laugh. And and um, what's he called? Dawson, the blue passport Beckenbauer. Was it blue passport yeah. Beckenbauer or something? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he always at the end of that, he always says, you know, uh, how are many massive to go till we're safe. Oh, and yeah, it's, you know, and you, it's worrying about eight points to 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 not to not have the. Your life ruined by that worry of relegation. We'd, we'd be really hard for us to get relegated now, you know. Or be yeah. I mean, in the commentary, they said, you know, realistically, West Ham only need three more points to stay up. Yeah. And if they don't get that by, by the end of the season, they deserve to go down. <laughs> yeah, we but, would, to be honest. But you know, it's, so it's, it, it's it's it just feels it feels good. I mean, we we have to manage our expectation, don't we? We really we really yeah. do. But um, we fly so high, reach the sky. Yeah, and what, I'd like us to be. What's your? What are you thinking about Doncaster then? What's your? What's your prediction? Look, see, I, I I want to say no. I'm going to say that I think we'll win, but that's not a kind of a cocky. I think we're going to win. I think we'll win because as we showed against Stockport, we just put the work in, and it might take a while to get the goal, and it might not be pretty, 
But as you said earlier, it's a gritty team. It's a gritty team that's willing to work. Um, and I think maybe overwork at times, you know, to the, your point that we are sort of winning 1-0 recently and there's times where you think we should have scored. Perhaps we've taken a bit more, too much time. Uh, you know, knock, sometimes you think, right, if they'd just taken the, the shot first time rather than dicking about with the ball, we probably yeah. would have scored. So I think maybe we overwork, but I do feel that they are a professional outfit. And I, and I think that our team will, and I think that Moise is going to take it seriously as well. I think he's going to play a, a, a strong squad. Um, so I expect us to win it. But the way things are going, I, I don't expect us to, to thrash them, even though it is lower league opposite, no. opposition. I think it probably will be like a 1-0 or a 2-0. Or a yeah, yeah, that's my feeling. And I think I think he needs to rest some people for this one as well. I think it's that, it's that there's so many games coming up. And then if we do beat them, then having... we've got If we get through this round and then we've got Liverpool or United... Manchester United, we, we have to throw the kitchen sink at that game, don't we? We that that is that's our biggest game since we sort of avoided what was it the Watford game last year. That's that that's the that to me is such a massive game. As long as we get past Doncaster, I'm not counting my chickens. Yeah. But he I mean, must there, be, there, there are players that we can rest right. So our centre backs, we've got um, waiting in the wings. We've got Balbuena and, and Diop. Yeah. Not not suggesting we change them both, but we've got that option. Obviously, we've got Johnson who can come in at fullback. Um, I'm guessing that Noble may start. Um, I thought so. I think he. he, he, he be, I won't. I won't mind seeing him start there. Um, yeah. Give Rice a break, one. perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we've got options. But again, you know, I'm just trying to think now. I couldn't name a full alternative eleven. No, no, that's that's when it starts getting a bit. <laughs> then mm. when that's when you realise it's a, you, you, when I listen to other matches and it's sort of like there's four changes since the and you're like oh, <laughs> you know imagine being able to to do to do and they to talk do about introducing five it. subs again five yeah. subs would be useless to us <laughs> yeah exactly we're bringing one of the keepers just for a laugh <laughs> playing up front with them but but uh, yeah I. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm confident about the dog castle, but I don't think... I mean, I think we are due a sort of, like, absolutely thrashing someone at some point soon, given that we did at the start of the season <laughs> with mm. with Wolves and Leicester. All people. So, so weird. <laughs> um, but I don't think... I don't think we're going to... I think dog, I think Doncaster will be, be careful and gritty and we'll, we'll try and make sure of it rather than, you know, going overboard, trying too hard. Yeah. I think that's, that's it. Just keep it... Keep it focused and professional. Get the job done. Yeah, um, that's what we and want. And then to move see. on to the next one. Hopefully, yeah. God, let's hope so. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Time to wrap up. Um, thanks so much for joining me, Luke. It's been really nice Cheers, talking Jim. to you. Um, thanks everyone. Much. Get on, get online. Google Luke. Actually, there's loads of Luke Turners, aren't there? But this one in particular does uh, writes <laughs> for who, who do you who do you write for, Luke? Primarily BBC. I, I do stuff for my own website, The Quietus. Uh, the Guardian and uh, BBC. I did a piece on the LGBT football sport group, which I met you and all the rest of the Pride of Irons. And then uh, for all Essex-based West Ham fans, I wrote a book about Epping Forest and sexuality. So, you know, that's the, the adjacent interest to, to West Ham. I think West Ham actually mentioned in it at some point. But they, I, yeah. I, I love people's interests because this is the thing football brings 
so many people from different parts of, of the of you know the, the collective consciousness together and when you look at people's um interests outside of football you're like oh right okay football and yeah. books about <laughs> epping forest and sexuality why not there's a lot of i mean i, I do conservation work for the epping forest uh, conservation volunteers where we go and you know help maintain the forest landscape and there's west ham fans in that group as well so we're everywhere yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Just, just it keeping it, keeping it incognito until we actually yeah. do something successful. Now it's, it's been lovely to talk to you, Luke. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Anyone who's watched this far, um, and yeah, like and subscribe, share with your friends, and we'll catch you later. Come on, you are. Come on, you are.